Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 146, that is 146, it's the ENS Wolves podcast, I'm your host Nathan Judah, I'm here with Mr. Joe Edwards, how's it going sweetie? <laughs> it's, it's going alright mate, um, just coming off the back of a, of a rare weekend off, mm-hmm. um, been doing a bit of wedding planning bits and bobs at the weekend, Yeah, as we say, it's fast approaching, yeah. Um, Great, great. But I feel when you got the weekend off, you look forward to Soccer Saturday and just a damn squib of, of rubbishness. I don't like these games, just kind of like drip drip feed of games. It doesn't uh, feel right. I don't like it. Every game televised, Man City off, terrible for fantasy purposes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like it. Oh, well, I was looking through, flicking through the channels and I don't have BT Sports, but I have Sky Sports. And I was mm. thinking, why is there nothing on Sky? Uh-huh. Or- on BT, you had the Milan derby, I think, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, so it was, it was kind of a, a football-free weekend for me. But I think, to be fair, having I think it's what is it now? Forty-two games, forty-one games Wolves have done this season. I think, yeah, a, a weekend off it was was probably not not the worst thing. I know. Last night, Sunday night, I'm flicking through TV and I started watching Indecent Proposal. Who? What? Indecent proposal. Is that the one Shut that, that got suggested on the podcast last week? I don't know. Did it? It was. It was the what was that? Kindergarten cops or whatever it was. I don't know what you're talking about. No, you're that bloke asked a question. That bloke asked a question. What's him called? Kindergarten cop. Where are you going with this? No, he asked. He asked what characters we were from some sort of American. No, sitcom. no, no. Yo, oh my god. What are you talking? That's Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Nothing to do with indecent proposal. That's you're you're you you're on the loopy juice after a game we after a, a match without with, with no matches. Indecent proposal. Yeah, it's um, Demi Moore classic. Demi oh, Moore. Film. Yes, Demi Moore. Demi Robert Moore. Redford. She was with Woody uh, Harrelson. She used to go out with Ashton Kutcher. Don't oh you? god, here I we think. go. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, is that it? There we go. That- that's, that's all I know, mate. It's an absolute. F- I don't. Well, I don't know if you can call it a film these days. I don't know if you can enjoy it, a film like this. It's a very rom-com. Very, uh, it's yeah, but it's yeah. chick flick. I might get. I might get in trouble. To be fair, I might get in trouble because it's well. Basically, it's about. Well, no, I'm just telling you about the about about the movie. It's basically Robert Redford plays this 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 multi millionaire billionaire. And uh, Demi Moore, obviously looking looking stunning back in the day, as she still does now. Uh, married to Woody Harrison, um, a few money issues, a few marital issues, etc. Mm. This guy comes up with all the money, saying, "I'll give you a million dollars to sleep with your wife." Now this was this was twenty thirty oh. years ago. So obviously the the whole back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, to be honest, I didn't. And I, I forgot what the ending is, but I, I feel like he came and hunts her down and, and doesn't happen but um, yeah I, I left it when she was on the yacht but um, interesting conundrum but a million dollars at the time maybe it doesn't seem a lot a, a lot these days but mm. back in the day that, that that's a lot that's a Laura Laura money as Silla would say that's a, that is a lot Cilla, of money that's Silla Black blind date just before so, your yeah, time yes, as well yeah. you sure yeah, I know Silla Black okay that's um, do you yeah alright okay yeah, I'm alright with Silla right? yeah you're, uh, you're tight are you <laughs> <laughs> indecent proposal that's ringing mm. alarm bells now yeah I, I watched I doubt you have watched it, but I've watched all the way through with Peep Show. Yeah. And there is an episode where Jez gets offered £530. Right, okay, <laughs> excellent. So, yeah, so there, there you go. So, I, uh, not quite a million quid. I haven't, I'm not, I haven't really watched Peep Show either, to be honest. I've watched a few, I don't mind it. I've watched little bits and bobs yeah. that I haven't gone through the whole the whole collection, the whole back catalogue, so they oh, say. Oh, it's good, it's good, yeah. I, I've never really known a sitcom like it. It's quite... It's quite revolutionary in that terms, the camera work and stuff like that. Mm. So that and in between is uh, probably up there in terms of my favourites. In betweens, I've only just finished actually. I, wanted, yeah. I was I was I was a late starter in in betweens, but enjoyed it as I was for Big Bang Theory. Watched them all now, but mm. but thoroughly enjoyed that. Probably a little bit too highbrow for you. Oh, no, Big Bang's all right. Uh, I was more of a two and a half men guy than B- Big Bang. Oh, you're big Kutcher. You keep going back to Kutcher, I, don't you? No, Charlie Sheen all day long. Okay, right. okay, okay. Um, how was how was um. Storm, storm. People calling it storm, storm. Key, is it Kira? Surely, oh, I, was, I was reading it as Ciara. The, yeah, um, I was Ciara the, as well. Storm R- Ciara, R and B singer. Yeah, and also married to the, the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, come on, come um, on. Seahawks, Seahawks, Seahawks. <laughs> Tom Brady. Oh man. Um, oh, man. Um, He's not. Odell to, he, Beckham Jr. Okay, 
we need to we need to quickly move this along. Odell Beckham Jr. is a wide receiver who's um, who's on Peyton the Peyton Manning. Okay, retired. Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom, Bra- Tom Brady. To be fair, not oh, bad. Oh, is this the bloke who won the, the Super Bowl single-handedly last week? No, no. Who was he? He was a quarterback. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. I think we, need, we just need to quit while we're behind, don't we? The egg chasing is a more sport, mate, it, to be it's, honest. Well, that's rugby. Uh, Russell Wilson, anyway. It's a pigskin. But anyway, let, Russell let's... Russell Wilson, he's off brewery, isn't he? Oh, okay. And anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on to that. I had a lot more banter stuff to say, but I'm going to cross that off because you're failing miserably this week. Um, although some people will, will be having a little chuckle at home. I liked it, I liked it. Yeah. Um, right, winter break, winter break. We both yeah. we both were not in Marbella. However, there was a no. beautiful squad, a beautiful golden black squad that were in Marbella. Mm. Sun on the backs. And I'm looking, I'm looking back at the form table and stuff. They needed a break, didn't they? It's not been, it's not been classic Wolves, has it? As we've come to know and love, and this this can only do them the world of good. Yeah, I mean these trips to Marbella have have served them very successfully in the past, and. You kind of look at what some of the other teams have done. Understand that kind of Villa down the road were given the the week off in, entirely, just you know, go and let the players go and do what they want. But Wolves were Wolves was were still training Monday to Friday, Marbella. Then they had Saturday Sunday off. Uh, mm. In in those days, Raúl Jiménez, of course, announcing that he was part that, expecting their first baby together. Well, hey. so congratulations to a uh, Raúl scoring um, on and off, off the, the pitch. pitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's exclusively revealed in Hela magazine or Ola magazine. Ola, Ola. Um, so yeah, um, was, it, had, was it the English Hela? Was it was it the I'm Spanish? Not sure. It looked it looked very Englishy to me. Yeah. But I, I was surprised if Raúl Jiménez would be on the. I mean, so he should be. I don't have all the Wolves players in the top ten pages, but yeah. for front of the front of uh, Hello in in the UK, I would say it's some kind of. Spanish Mexican situation. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I don't think he was on the front cover. I think he just had like a pull out. Oh, maybe he did then. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe. Would you have a pull out? What in in hello? Yeah. If that came up with a wonga, yeah. Have you? You have pulled out. If they if they offered the cash, mm. like said, "Oh, we'll pay then, for your wedding." Then you would oh, do oh, all day long. Would you? Yeah. Okay, take that. Yeah. Stop you going to Hobbycraft for some invitations, right, exactly, mate. Exactly, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you know, looking at looking at the form table, like I say, it wasn't it wasn't great, it wasn't wasn't disastrous, but um, obviously one win from the last five, yeah. And um, that Southampton comeback, uh, Leicester City, and we're going to come on to them later on. Um, we're going to speak to speak to some experts later on and, and, and preview that game. They've they've been they've been meh as well, to be honest. So it's going to be an interesting game on on Friday night. Uh, someone who I think. And we were talking about this earlier on before we recorded the podcast, who who came alive, I think, in, in the second half of the season against Leicester City was Diogo Jota, scored a hat trick in that game and went on that was that was towards the end of January, went on to score three, four, five, six, eight goals, you know, between, you know, that game and the rest of the season. And it hasn't quite happened for for jo- <laughs> looking that lot of yellow loves a booking as yeah, well. He does, yeah. <laughs> loves a booking, but um, that's the kind of Diogo Jota I think that's maybe been that we're missing. And if we could get him back or something like that, Diogo Jota back for the for the final push of the season, that could have a massive massive implication on, on where Wolves finish in this league. Well, it could be the difference really between achieving Europe again and, and not doing it. Mm. Um, it's I mean he was so instrumental in that second half of last season. And I think obviously he's very much a team player, is Jota. But I think, you know, in the back of his mind, while Raul Jimenez and Adama Traore have been receiving all these plaudits this season, I think he will be frustrated in himself not to be in that conversation. And really, he's gone under the radar yeah. this term. Yeah. I mean, you know, Wolves fans still recognise his quality, but on a kind of a nationwide perspective, there's been nothing there really. Um, Sorry, Spears just sent me a video. Sorry, I, opened it, I opened it by mistake. Sorry, um, you never know what the video is. It's well, terrible. No, it was a risky move. No, it was. Uh, um, <laughs> but you know, you never know. Um, you know, in terms of the second half of the season, what what he could do, and mm. hopefully he can he can he can re- recapture that form that he had in the second half of last season. Because as we say, it's been Jimenez and Traore, Jimenez and Traore, mm. one of them stealing the show. Mm pretty much every week. And, and Jota has even been surpassed by Pedro Neto in, in recent times. I mean, it's not necessarily Jota's fault. Injuries, of course, have played their part. But aside from that Pesiktas hat-trick and that double at Brighton, we haven't really seen him put a consistent run together this season. So, fingers crossed, in these last run of Premier League games, since tw- you know, 12, 13 games mm-hmm. left, 
he can really start to show what he's about again because he's a phenomenal player and um, he's so important to Wolves when he's at his best. And at the same time, look, he's um, if he carries on, I'm not saying carries on because he's not been he's not been poor. And I thought we, we've seen glimpses, yeah. small glimpses in, in in the games that he's played since um, of the old Diogo, but definitely not 100. percent He's got to be careful because Neto I thought was very unlucky to lose his place. Yeah. You've got Podence now, so he's going to have to play to to you know to the, a top eighty percent jotty you'd have thought because otherwise he's going to be sat on the bench. I think these arrivals, well, the arrival of Neto, um, like as a kind of bursting onto the scene and and Podence coming in in January really helps in that respect. Well, hopefully because you know it. If you've not got that competition, you can get complacent. Jota doesn't seem the type to do that, but I think having extra competition there will serve him well and be that kind of extra kick up the backside, if you like, to to really get get back firing again. I think with Jota at times this season, we've seen we've seen what he's about, but there's almost been an element of trying too hard. And um, I think once he gets that one goal, we could see him come in a spate of say six or seven, you know, in a, in, a, in a run of weeks. Could because he's just as important when he's at his best as a, as a Traore or as a Jimenez. He just hasn't showed it this season yet. It's kind of the good, the bad and the ugly with Jota, isn't it? You know, the good is obviously stunning and, and, and probably one of the first names on the team sheet. Still my favourite player to watch in, you know, when he's full out in full motion. I, yeah. think, I, think, he's, I think he's brilliant. I think he's actually the best player Wolves have got when he's, when he's on form. Uh, you've got the bad, which has been a bit disappointing as of late. And then the ugly is when he, he's got that... He's got that tendency, hasn't he, yeah. when he's getting frustrated and he's getting little kicks here and you can see him getting more agitated and you just need to curb, curb that side of it. Yeah, that Bratislava red card kind of sticks out. He'd come on and got a couple of kicks and then got himself sent off for two needless bookings and um, I think you know, there's a very very much a case of being able to take a, a leaf out of Traore's book. I mean, he's been kicked from absolute pillar to post. Um, you know, he's had the... He's had seven shades, shades of a you know what uh, knocked out of him to be honest, but um, he's never once complained. He's never once you know gestured for a booking or kicked someone else in retaliation. So uh, I think Jota can 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 take something from from what Traore has been doing in that respect and just kind of take it as a compliment really if you're getting kicked. Do you think um, can you can you see Jota getting back to these levels? Then can you? I I hope so. I I think I think so as well. As just as long as he stays injury free. I mean, they've they've not necessarily been massive knocks that he's had, but they've just been these niggly little problems. Obviously, he had his calf, and I think it was his ankle earlier on in the season. Um, for such an explosive player and somebody who relies on a well, I say relies on the turn of pace, but uses it well. Mm-hmm. Um, that those are the injuries you don't want, but. I think I think if he can get in this team, which obviously he got the nod for United, which was which was harsh on Neto, but it was a show of faith still from Nuno. So um, if he carries on in the team over these next few weeks, um, fingers crossed, Leicester could be the game that sparks him into life. Uh, should we take some questions from the peeps? Yeah. Uh, early questions this week. First one is from Adia, ADTWG. Any chance they'll switch up the pre-game music? Surely better to play something different occasionally. I was, I was on, I was on about this with my brother actually on the phone the other day, and um, of course, "Stairway to Heaven's the the, the song at the moment. Mm. Um, used to be whatever it's called, Cafe Del Mar or whatever it is, um, that dance kind of tune, mm. which was which was good. I, I do like Stay Away to Heaven, but it does, I don't know, does, does it peter out a little bit towards the end? It's a very good song. Yeah. But I think maybe the bigger games, you know, say, let maybe, you know, Leicester Town kind of classifies mm. as that game, maybe mm. something a bit of tempo. I think they did Firestarter for a bit or something like that. I think that would be... Yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice, but I think the stay away to heaven is, is what's been chosen. I think it'll probably be here to stay for now. I mean, give it to my vote, be uptown girl, but you know, let's see what the uptown um, girl. Yeah. What, what else? What, what else would you like? Um, a little bit. Hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah, uh, like a prayer, Madonna. Listen to that coming out of Wolverhampton Station this afternoon. Vogue. What's that? The, the magazine. Uh, Madonna, you know, Vogue, bit of Vogue. I know. I, I mean, like a prayer is probably the best like one. Like a isn't prayer. It? Don't you think? Yeah, I guess so. That's a bit slow to start, though, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Mm, yeah, I guess Backstreet's so. Backstreet's back. Oh, yes. Now you're talking. <laughs> now you're talking. Now you're talking, baby. I'll tell you what, though. I was at Millwall yesterday. 
and then opened my bag this morning. Stinks, and I mean stinks. Yeah. Not of not of wet. Of but, Millwall. Um, well, <laughs> went to go and see Albion, so let's not be let's not let's not go crazy. Yeah. Um, no, I went to go and the missus. Um, oh, she, she they're obsessed with these bath bombs from Lush. Oh, mate, they're ridiculous. Mate. So, so she said, oh, can you get me a present from London? Because I'm, I'm away. Okay, I'm working, but I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll tramp I'll tramp my way to, to Oxford Square, the Oxford Circus, to go and get you bath bombs in the middle of a storm. But it's fine. No problem. Yeah. Right? So I go there and get these bath bombs. First of all, I've got a headache and a migraine within within 35 seconds. How people can work in there for an eight to nine hour shift, I, I, I can't. It's Doing ridiculous. live demonstrations oh, of the bath bombs. Of bubble bath. I mean, you really... I mean, wow. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't want to upset people, so, but I mean, come on. Um, and anyway, so I'm saying, have you got these bath bombs? Yeah, how, what would you like, Sam? I don't know, um, a bath bomb? Well, yeah, but we've got we've got 85 different... I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no. uh, just something soothing? Oh, well, we don't have soothing, but we have we have relaxing. I'm like, come on. Uh, it's the same thing, woman. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I just want a bath bomb, right? There's a presentation pack of bath bombs. There's three in here now. I'm like, okay, take it to the till. It's like 45 quid. 36 quid? Yeah, yeah. Are you having it's a giraffe? Nuts. It is nuts. She used to do it on tour. The, the, all the girls, the, the little mixed lot, used to all. They all used to go. It'd be a daily thing. They all used to go together, and they all used to go and get these bath bombs with Alana and the makeup artist or whatever. Pick them up and and then go back and stick them in a bath. Just get some Radox. Yeah. Have some, you know, have a bit of bubble bath. Stick some shampoo in there like we all used to to get a few bubbles in there. I know. I know. I, 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 I took. How, South, I can't believe how much they are. Myself's little sister um, the other week in Birmingham, and again they were showing us these live demonstrations. Mm. Oh, do you like these? And I'm like, well, it's it's just a bit of colouring, a bit of yeah. water. I can't believe it, mate. Uh, and it, it, everyone was like mesmerised, and I, I think we'd got, I think it was one with yeah. two little ones. It was like eighteen quid. It's it, unbelievable, isn't it? It's just like you use it once and it's gone. It's, you know. Uh, nah. I, not I, for me. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, anyway, I went off my tangent there. <laughs> yeah. Paul, sorry, Paul Mansell. Uh, our away goal is part of the rules for the Espanyol game. If so, how much of a factor will this be in our approach to the first leg? Mm, good question. <laughs> uh, stump me there. Um, I'll look it up. Um, yeah, I, I seem to think that it's not. Okay. But it, but it may well be. I know it is in the Champions League. Maybe, um, maybe when we've got a brief, uh, a, a brief um, change in in the podcast, and we're listening to some some audio, yes, you can have a look uh, it up yes, for us later in the podcast. Okay. Yes, uh, Phil. Ooh, let's have a look. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, he's saying a lot of different things, all having a go on the Villa wind-up. So I can't have most of those. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, I, I can I can ask one of these. Um, is uh, who's who's Grealish worth? Sorry, is he worth more, Jack Grealish, if not more than Traore or Raul? <clears throat> I mean, I put, I did, I did put a question or a poll out a few days ago about Grealish and Traore to see which person is worth more, and I see, I did, I did hashtag AVFC into this as well. So um, it's not just, it's not just Wolves people replying, but the percentage was. So there were two thousand five hundred votes. I asked who has the higher market value, Adama Traore or Jack Grealish. Ninety uh, percent say Traore to ten percent Grealish. Uh, Traore, I think, has got definitely more value than Raúl. Would you say market value? Yes, For sure. Definitely. That yeah. just goes without saying. I think just because of the age, um, well, mainly the age, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think they're both going to be around the hundred million pound mark. You'd have thought. Uh, Trio ninety. I thought it'd be a bit closer than that, to be honest. Ninety percent to ten percent, but I think I don't think there'll be a lot in it. I think Trio would be more than Greenwich. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because yeah. he's because he's something completely different. You mean? Yeah, and because uh, um, I think Greenwich should kind of put in the same boat as Madison and and maybe one or two others. I think Trio is you know he's an anomaly. He's 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 completely unique. And I put a stat out uh, on on Twitter that he, he's got the most successful dribbles of any winger well of any player in, mm. in, in Europe um, Wilfred Zahar and some bloke called Lionel Messi are the, are the only ones uh, close to him mm-hmm. so um, yeah I think if you're talking you're talking fees I think even though you could argue Grealish you know has had more experience in the top flight maybe just about but no I think I think I think Traore would be the one for me have we got an answer yet Joe? Um, yes they do they do apply they still apply so so if they do, I mean, I don't think you can. I, I definitely don't think, especially at this stage of the competition. You know, you're saying how do you how do you approach it? I think in the in, in the early qualifying stages, you could go all out 
mm. against the lesser side to blast them and then and then play the kids. Although we thought that we thought we went to where went yeah. to Belfast and that wasn't the case, was it? You know, they still play pretty strong, pretty strong team there. So I think they just play it as 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 an as a normal game and play the best side both both legs. You'd say, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. And, and Espanyol will. I think we'll speak about him a little bit more later, but they're there to be got at. Mm-hmm. Um, no, let's talk about him now. Yeah, we'll, talk about, we'll talk let's about talk him about now. Yeah, um, they're still 20th in La Liga, still at the bottom of the table. They've already gone through two managers this season. Um, they're conceding goals at a rate of about two a game. Um, of course, they won their Europa group, Group H, but wasn't the best of groups. Um, just off the top of my head, I think it was Ludigarets and, mm-hmm. and one or two others. I mean, it, it was probably the weakest group of the lot. And you know, they're twentieth in La Liga for a reason. The yeah. co- you know, that they, they are conceding goals by the bucket load and not scoring many. And they've got through two managers. They're on the third. They're not a great side. I, you know, I might not. I don't think they're there to be underestimated. Obviously, they've got something about them, mm-hmm. but. If you the table doesn't lie, and it's a fantastic chance to qualify. It's a fantastic chance. I mean, I think you could argue, you know, since since Torino, this may well be on paper the the best tie that they've had even discounting the group games. I I know Slavan, you know, perhaps in a head to head with Espanyol wouldn't win, but Slavan were, you know, had been unbeaten at home for Mm -hmm. so long and. And had won their league. Sure. Braga were a very defensively sound team. I don't think they had much going forward, but they were difficult to break down. And Besiktas, even though they turned out to, to bomb a bit in the in the in the group stages, they've always been a good European side yeah. historically. So I think you could argue that this is maybe one of the easier games Wolves have had in the competition mm-hmm. entirely. I, I, I'd probably say Torino was the hardest game. And may well still be the hardest game when you look at it team-wise. Yeah. So, Wolves should be going out to win this. And I think if they lose... I think I saw a Wolves fan on Twitter the other day that's saying that he'd, he'd been out in Barcelona who was watching Espanyol, Espanyol Mallorca this, this past weekend and said the standard was, was turgid. It was turgid. So, I think if, if Wolves didn't beat them, I think it'd be a massive, massive opportunity. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I know anything can happen in Europe and it's knockout football, well, two legs, but... Um, yeah, I think it'd be yeah a big upset if uh, Espanyol won it. Tommy H, generally the best way to get an Espanyol to get to get an Espanyol away without required points. Uh, stay at home, Tommy. Stay at home. Yeah. Don't try because there's so many things that they're trying to prevent to get into the home end. You just don't want an unsavoury situation, do no. you? And the last thing you want to do is, is 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 be involved in that. You know, I understand. I understand the frustrations with the tickets and the allocations and the point system, and, and then there's a whole load of of issues there. But you just just hopefully pick your battles, don't you? Yeah, there was one chap who hid in the toilets, weren't there? At Bratislava, was but, there? Yeah, oh, <laughs> hid in the toilets and I actually got in. But um, yeah, I. I wouldn't recommend. I think since since Bratislava and what happened there, I mean, it's yeah. supposed to be 200 Wolves tickets. There was easily 400. Sure. Um, probably, you know, upwards of 500. Can, mm-hmm. I think a few were dotted around the ground and things like that. So since that, I think UEFA especially are kind of clamping down on this. You yeah. know, the UEFA delegation and stuff like that. That And anybody, Wolves have stressed that trying to get entry into the home end or does get entry or will ever be review, refused or rejected and you know you could it could end have implications arrest- here as yeah. well you know. well like, exactly and you, could, and you could be and you could end up getting arrested mm. I just don't think it's worth the risk no it's not I mean don't get me wrong I know there'll be Wolves fans who haven't got a ticket who are going to Barcelona but just enjoy it get 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 a nice seat get a nice screen get some beautiful tapas in there get a gorgeous bottle of Rioja no mm. beers just red wine I'll be Lovely. teaching you some nice red wine etiquette in uh, when we go away to, to Barcelona okay. there'll be no beers drank there'll be no nothing sunk like that there'll be no no um, no empty carbs we'll be having some lovely tapas and I'll, I'll introduce you some some beautiful dishes look forward to it mate. okay good stuff good stuff um so, so one person who's going to be going to be essential in Espanol and and in the home is is a damage Traore now obviously a sensational season we wax lyrical about him many many times and quite rightly so problem with this dislocated shoulder um, obviously he's done it against Spurs he's popped it back in Manchester United away he's done it again Maguire literally tugged him to to, to kingdom come uh, popped out again that popped it back in 
How much of a problem is this? Um, I thought we'd go to the expert, Joe, because mm. me, me and you can, can talk about it and we will talk about it. However, there's only, there's only one man who's been magnificent this season with his injury information. That's former Wolves physio, Mr. Paul Darby. I went to his clinic and we had a chat about Traore and the dislocated shoulder. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Darby again. Paul, we're always speaking to you about injuries. I feel like we should we should uh, speak about something happy. But, you know, the good thing is we're talking Adama Traore. We're talking about the fact that it hasn't stopped him playing. But we wanted to go a little bit more into these disloca- the dislocation uh, shoulder, the left shoulder that he's got. Because not only has he done it uh, against Spurs, 15th of, of, um, of December, he's also done it against Manchester United just a month later the same shoulder and when we're looking back he actually had this same shoulder he, he originally dislocated it uh, for Middlesbrough against Sunderland back in July 2018 so there is a weakness there probably you can tell us a little bit more about the dislocation what's going on in that shoulder yeah well when he first uh, let's assume he dislocated the shoulder which means that the the joint actually separated and the shoulder and his upper arm came away from the socket of the shoulder it, it would have come out forwards you can dislocate it in several different areas but the the easy one is that it comes out forwards we call that an anterior dislocation right um, and the reason it comes forward is there's not quite the same muscle structure and bone structure around it to prevent it from coming out when it comes forwards so but the anticipation i would think would be that he had a complete luxation or a dislocation of that joint when it first happened. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the two reoccurrences which have happened in more recent times are much more likely to be what we call a subluxation, which is a partial dislocation, where the joint surface is, 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 is broken and it does come forward a little way, but not completely. Uh, and I say that because, one, I think it was, we call it reduced or put back in, as you might say, uh, on the side of the pitch and he was able to carry on mm. or at least carry on for some time. Um, most people who have a complete uh, dislocation wouldn't be able to carry on. Okay. So it would look like he's now got what is, what is quite common with that type of injury where it is subject to being subluxating, partially dislocating. And sometimes that can happen really quite easily. So people say, or the, the term that I guess it's, this is the, the very simplified term, it's pop it back in. Is it, is it that easy to, to pop a shoulder back in? Uh, it, it's not difficult okay. if you know what you're doing. Right, okay. Uh, by applying what we call a little bit of traction to the arm, then, uh, then it will, it goes back in on its own. You'll have seen many a time a finger in a goalkeeper, where, which is subluxated. Again, it's fractionally dislocated. Mm. And if you apply a little bit of traction and pull to the finger, it will literally just pop back into the socket. It depends on the level of the dislocation, of course. Um, you see it in a lot in rugby and a lot in, in football, particularly with guys like uh, this guy who are big guys, that it goes back in pretty easily because mm. it's helped by all the other structures around it. Of well, course, if it won't go back in, mm. then it has to be reduced, as we call it, under anaesthetic, and it has to be manipulated back into place. So when he's pointing and he goes down and he looks to be in discomfort, how is, is that... Is that- Agonizing is it just when it just just comes out of the socket, or is that something where you think I can't carry on here? I need something to I need to be I need it to go back in. Uh, it's, it's two things. Uh, it's whilst like a I've sharp never had pain or a dulling pain. Well, or... Like I've never had it myself, but I have been onto several players with it, and I, I can see that it is a very very painful experience. Um, the problem you have with it is you use your shoulder when running, you know, in every motion. And of course, the way he plays, he wants to hold people off and use his upper body strength. So it's very difficult to play with a shoulder, which is that sore or painful after a subluxation. Is there a weakness there then? Is this something that, that Wolves are going to have to manage? Is there a way to strengthen it? I mean, I've heard and read a few articles about some people having this problem, maybe having an operation. Can an operation cure that? Can it make it stronger? Or, or is this just something he's going to have to live with going forward? Well, the general way forward with a, with a dislocated shoulder of this nature where it pops out forward is that you, you strengthen around the joint so that the, the, the muscles and structure of the joint hold it in place. Now, there's, there's slightly... Talking about the player here, I don't want to be unprofessional, but he does look like he's, he's, he's a man mounting up oh, top. massive. You know, and he's obviously done a lot of work on his shoulders. So I would think the worrying thing is that for a guy who has got heavy muscle structure mm-hmm. and would appear to have stability of the joints, it is actually now... Um, obviously suspect coming out so there's no doubt that the Wolves will be looking at this now and saying well 
we will need to do something about this at some point. I would think that initially he'll go through some early rehab, again trying to strengthen around the area to see if that can um, give him some stability in that joint. But I, I guess, you know, if it's come out twice in a month or two, there'll be some concern as to that shoulder joint being always susceptible to being subluxated. So hopefully rehab, strengthen, like you're saying, he carries on. If that's not the case, and it, obviously this continues and it becomes a recurrence every few weeks or, or months, what are the kind of longer term um, options available to Wolves? Oh, if it recurs every weeks or months, they'll have to deal with it. It'll have to be dealt with. Because the other thing is, every time it subluxates, you're creating a little bit more of an issue around that joint itself in terms of the, 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 the mechanics of the joint itself. Um, so I, I would guess that if you had a left shoulder joint that kept dislocating, then there is surgery required. And what, what surgery would that be then? Again, I mean, a shoulder surgery, I assume. Sure, but... it depends upon the extent of the injury, of course. And every time it subluxates and come out, it, it, it can can cause a little bit more damage. Mm. Um, so I'm sorry not to be able to be too descriptive on this, but it could be quite a simple operation that enables some stability, or it could be quite complex. So is that something that you would say would rule him out for, like I say, if it's the more complex side of things, months rather than weeks? I would have thought their plan would have been to get through to the end of the season. And then maybe look at it in the summer. And then look at it in the summer as some exploratory, hopefully keyhole-type surgery that can give him the stability he requires. Okay. I think in his case, uh, talking about the player, again, he's he's a big guy and he's got good muscle structure in his whole body. So I, I guess somewhere down the line, someone's a little bit surprised it keeps dislocating because you would have thought if anyone mm-hmm. had shoulders it would give him stability he would but um, unfortunately it's, it's biologically uh, a, a weakness really that that shoulder can pop out and what we call anterior to the front mm-hmm. uh, you see it more often in rugby than you do in football as you can imagine um, but yeah I think this would be a, an area of concern um, it won't stop him being fit for this weekend, I wouldn't have thought. And sure, certainly, if he doesn't experience any more problems this season, it's probably something that you'd look at in the close. Paul, absolutely. Paul, super. thank you very much. Thank Tom, you so, as so ever. Much for that. Um, look, he, he is become integral to this side, isn't he, Troy? And the last thing you want is is for a weakness to be there. I wouldn't say that that, that other teams would exploit that. You're not going to exploit a dislocated mm. shoulder. But at the same time, when you need to get a bit of a... A bit of a get up on someone who you know is gonna gonna have three or four yards of pace on you. The first thing you do is probably gonna be attacking tag, a, a shoulder or or shorts or I'm not saying that you're physically gonna get the arm, although if you're Harry yeah, Maguire. Yeah. But at the same time, when you go down and he's sliding and he's going down a lot, he is getting injured a lot. He is he, just the nature of the beast. So many times he's been people have been booked this season. It does worry you a little bit, doesn't it? It is, yeah. It, it's something something to, to tighten out of and, and be wary of. Um, I mean, you mentioned there, Maguire did give his, his left arm a good old yank um, <laughs> and pulled it out of place. Yank. Um, so, and, uh, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's one where, you know, if it's a full-back is being given, you know, a particularly tough time, which, as has been the case pretty much every time Adama has faced someone... I think it's something that they might have at the back of their mind, thinking mm, rather than maybe chopping him down legs wise, maybe I'll you know just tug, tug, at, tug at his arm and try and pull him down that way. I mean, if somebody's trying to shoulder barge him and win a, and win a strength battle 50 50, they've got no chance. Mm. But um, if, it, if it's something a defender has been you know beaten so much, I think you may well see them uh, revert to the dark arts once in a while. Yeah. I really, I really hope he's, he's going to be fine. I think he will be fine. Yeah. He's a strong boy, and the, the medical department are top draw. They're, they're on it, aren't they? Oh, I think so. I mean, like you know, we, I think go back to we looking back at when it kind of first became an issue. It was at Middlesbrough, and obviously he's dislocated it a couple of times at Wolves since. But um, I think it's a similar example that you've seen, I guess, with uh, Raúl Jiménez with his wrist. Um, he's been wearing a cast for best part of eighteen months now. I think Jamie Vardy might even still be wearing one for Leicester. Looks trendy uh, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of them where it's something that I don't think is a ma- necessarily massive issue. Um, you know, if there's ever a big break and maybe he's sidelined with another injury, say Adama, then maybe he could get you know the shoulder operated on as well. But I, I don't I don't think it's necessarily something that will be a massive issue. And I mean, he's already dislocated it twice, and he's ended up playing 
pretty much stride after anyway. He went to Marbella as planned and has been training fine. So I'd expect him to see uh, to, to see him involved against Leicester on a Friday night. Um, just to put a, put a poll out a while ago um, and for discussion in, in this podcast, uh, basically saying with the summer coming up and it's not too long for the summer no. uh, if you had to lose one Wolves player in the summer who would it be and why mm. some very interesting replies to this uh, I should have probably said a top star in the summer because there's quite a few mm. saying Philip uh, Fossil away yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and a few others however um, the person I would say from the first team squad who topped this most was Morgan Gibbs-White yeah um and some people say on loan, some people say on a permanent. It's been um you've got to you've got to say it's been a very disappointing season for Morgan's White for one reason or another. Yeah. And we know he's been injured. He obviously came back from that a lot longer than than probably people expected. He's a big. I would say he's probably. Um, I would compare him as like Nuno with with. Um, you know, Morgan Gibbs White is a bit like Pep. He's like Pep's Phil Foden. Yes, you know, yeah, he yeah, always yeah. speaks up for him. He always goes above and beyond, even though he doesn't really like to speak about uh, to single players out to say that Gibbs White's essential to the first team squad, etc., etc. But I feel like the time has come now for him, and, and especially the way this team are going, they're only, they're only going one way. That they've kind of passed him by a little bit, mm. and it's up to him now to to pull his socks up, to suck it in. Um, he's not the talk of the town anymore. He's obviously done great at England youth level, um, but it hasn't really worked for him when he when he's played in a Wolves shirt. I don't think um, I can probably count the. I would say the appearances on on one hand of way I've gone. Wow, what what a game! Yeah, what yeah. a talent this is! And yet he has had a lot of appearances. I understand a lot of those are from the bench. And it's sometimes difficult to uh, to make an impact when you when you're trying to get in the game for the last twenty or thirty minutes. But there comes a time, and even though he's still young. People, you talk about how old is he now? Actually, I, I mean, just turned twenty. I just think. turned twenty, but yeah. but this you see, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds coming in, and that twenty can become twenty two, twenty three very quickly. Mm. Then all of a sudden, you look into the next generation. What 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 do you do? In do you feel that maybe maybe I'm being a bit too harsh, and maybe you're listening back and you're saying, you know, Morgan Gibbs White, give the guy a chance. He's still got a lot of time to grow. Then of course he does, but. Does he now need to take the bull by the horns and make a statement to get back into this squad? Yeah, he does. Um, I've been having a think about this, and if, I think if he carries on in this trend towards the end of the season, where he's having the odd minute here and there, and not really doing a, a lot, I think there is an ideal destination for him in the Championship, um, as long as he stays in charge. Um, Swansea. Um, oh, interesting. I, Explain. It, it's kind of putting. Maybe two and two together and getting five, but their manager, um, I believe it's Mark Cooper. I might be wrong, but it's certainly Cooper. Um, he, he was the manager of England under 17s side when uh, Morgan was part of that World Cup winning team um, a few years back. And that was kind Steve of. Steve Cooper. Steve Cooper, there, sorry. Um, Steve Cooper was the manager when England under 17s won the World Cup in 2017. Okay. And that was kind of when. Nuno came in and Morgan started getting real kind of a prominent role mm-hmm. in in, the, in that Wolves team. Um, he's now in charge of Swansea and he's took a few of that World Cup winning team with him to Swansea in loan spells. He's got Rian Brewster from Liverpool. Yeah. He's got Mark Guayhai from uh, from Chelsea as well. I think there is a, a couple more. And um, I like the, I like where you're going with this. Uh, and I think Championship football. I think we've all been saying it for. You know, for probably the best part of eighteen months, that I think Morgan Gibbs White could do with consistent week in week out football. Swansea are a club that have very much changed their approach. They're not spending the big bucks like they were in the Premier League. They've kind of reined it in a little bit mm. more. They want to get young players in on loan, develop them, play play nice football as well. The Swansea under Steve Cooper are trying to go back to what they were under Rogers and Laudrup, playing football in the right way. A fantastic surface as well. Great it, playing surface. Exactly. And um, if he carries on in this style, and I now Nuno has been reluctant to let players leave on loan before because it's it's almost as it's almost been seen as a bit of a death sentence really if you if you if you're going out on loan you're never playing under Nuno but I think there could be I think he's had it will be three seasons now under under Nuno and he has had moments but he's not really shown massive massive signs of progression mm-hmm. I mean he was playing for the 23s again 
the other week. I know it was kind of as he gets back to full fitness, but I don't think he would have envisioned himself in that position 12 months ago. So, Well, even though they're different positions, like I would say that Max Kilmanstock is higher than, yeah, than Morgan yeah. White at this moment in time. You never thought that, you know, no, 12 months ago. Max Kilman, um, yeah, is just kind of, you know, he's considered a first-team yes. player through and through now, as where Morgan, I mean, I know it was one game, but dipped into, dipped into the 23, so... It's a big, big few months for him because mm. I think he said at the start of the season, I realise I've got to, I've got to kick on mm. now. Now, now when he was coming back to full fit, he said, I think he can be a key player for us this second part of the season. So, you know, obviously we were been on about Jota having a, having a need to impress. I think Gibbs White is firmly in that same mm. bout, if not more, mm. I think more so. Um, but if he, if he cannot find that that game time, I think. Obviously, there's other clubs that would want him. I don't think. Uh, of course. I don't think he'd be short of suitors. But just looking at what Swansea have done over the past few months, I feel like that would be a decent fit for him. Yeah, he's got to suck it up. He might, might his pride might have been hurt a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's got to see it, and he's got to you know take. I guess uh, look at someone like Harvey Barnes who's, who's come in and, and look what he's doing for Leicester City now and uh, he'll be playing against Wolves on, on Friday night and, and is one of the one of the most important players now. He's scored three, I think, three in the last three games. Yeah, It just shows what it can do, you know, someone who had a, had a great time at West Brom. So, so you know, yeah, I, I think that that's definitely the way forward. Um, look, Wolves haven't added... Uh, numbers in in this in in January they've added quality and that bench is a lot stronger now and you've got to think that of course they're going to get more people in in the summer so they should be in a position and if they're not then we need to be having a talk about Fosnay but they will be in a better position come the start of next season with players and with with squad depth that that is the time when he needs to um, go to the championship because best will in the world and I, I'm not saying this to have a go at him and this isn't this isn't this isn't a I mean, not using him as a punch bag, Morgan Gibbs White, anything like that. But if Morgan Gibbs White's in the starting lineup at the start of next season, then Wolves have got serious issues. Mm. Um, you know, in, in the starting central midfield, and I just think that they're better than that, aren't they? At this moment in time, yeah. not to say he will be in, in twelve months' time or six months' time, but I can't see him being uh, in, in the starting eleven for Wolves at the start of next season. He's got to prove himself over, yeah. over, over a run of months. And that um, could be that's just a six-month loan, you know, yeah, get the January yeah. option. Yeah. Um, look at Diangana as well, who's, do, who's done great. I know that he's not gone back to West Ham, but, but someone like that, people can do very well in the Championship. Yeah, I think I think it was going back a few more years, but Ross Barkley had a loan spell at Sheffield Wednesday when he was at Everton, coming through there. So it's been done plenty of times before. And I think if Morgan was to do this, I know it's all hypothetical at this stage because he could go on to break into this Wolves team and really show his true colours. But um, I think a lounge spell at somewhere like Swansea, I think would allow him to kind of fully understand what he is mm-hmm. as a player. Is he a number 10? Is he a box-to-box midfielder? Is he a deep-lying midfielder? I think he's a an amalgamation of the three at the moment. And I think, obviously, you want to be versatile and be able to play a number of roles. But... I don't think he quite knows what his best position is and what and what if he's best suited as a 10 that, that breaks into the box or just plays as almost like a quarterback like that Nevers role we saw early on in the season. So I think he's got some developing to do. I, I mean, 23s, I watched him for the 23s last week with him and Jordan in the middle of the park mm. and it was an absolute cakewalk for, yeah. them, for the pair of them. Sure. That they were both way above that standard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was kind of... Jordan was doing the more tenacious work as where... Gibbs White was just spraying it about because it was it was all too easy for him. So I think if he can't break into this Wolves team in the next few months, I think yeah, get get him out on loan. Definitely in the Championship as well. He's definitely of that. Mm. I know Sanderson's gone to the Championship. Dadashov was offered to a Championship team in Birmingham. If they can get Championship moves, Morgan Gibbs White can certainly get an upward Championship club. Excellent. Thank you very much. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that little segment. Uh, talking about segments, it is Leicester City on Friday night, baby. Valentine's. Uh, we spoke to the guy, the guys at For Fox Sake Podcast. What a name. That is a great name. For Fox Sake. I'm going to say it again. For Fox Sake Podcast. Uh, Pete Selby is, is the man um, who is going to give the download on the Foxes. Here is that chat. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Pete Selby from the, I've got to say this very slowly, the For Fox Sake podcast. Uh, Pete, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it, mate. 
No problem at all. It's uh, The only reason we called it that is just to try and trip up people when we go on other people's podcasts or shows. That's the only reason at all. <laughs> well, I introduced it, I think, earlier on with, with, with Joe and, uh, and messed it up, so hopefully that sounded a little bit more audible. Um, Pete, I mean, wow. I mean, third in the table, eight points clear of fourth place Chelsea. Of course, a lot of people tipped Leicester to be one of those teams challenging for a European spot this season. However... You, you must be absolutely delighted. Absolutely delighted. It's been a tremendous season so far, apart from the League Cup semi-final defeat to Villa, which I think most people have put behind them pretty quickly. We needed a, a result immediately after that, which we got against Chelsea, even though it was only a point. But it's been a, a fantastic season, a season that uh, wasn't unexpected, especially those in the county, because of what happened when Brendan came in towards the end of last season. I think the the, the fact that we got him in before the end of the season and he had a good 10 games to, to judge and to see and to get a feel of the place and then kick on during the summer. So it's not been a surprise. Also, apart from one result, it's been fairly smooth progress. Personal front scoring a lot of goals, players playing to the maximum of their ability that we've already had and then a few new signings who have performed very well and younger players coming through the side. Um, the one standout, obviously, is the 9-0 away at, uh, at Southampton. But yeah. uh, apart from that, it's, it has been a, a, a quite a serene season so far. And uh, and fingers crossed it continues. Who Who's impressed you? Maybe supply, maybe, maybe um, someone who you expected or maybe someone, someone a little bit more surprising. I mean, Harvey Barnes, I think, is starting to get the plaudits they deserve. We obviously saw him... Uh, a few of us in the West Midlands when he was on loan at West Brom last season. And he looks like he's gone from strength to strength. He has. He's a very exciting player, a really likeable player as well. The, the style of the of his performances away at West Brom, forward-thinking, very, very direct. He's a very well-built individual, strong shoulders, so you can't really push him off the ball. And again, no-nonsense, direct player. It took a while for him to replicate that in the Premier League, but then again, there is a step up from the two divisions. And in recent weeks and months, he really has kicked on. He's starting to score. He had uh, a real lack of of confidence in front of goal for a substantial part of the season. and uh, But that's really been put to one side over the last, say, couple of months. And he's starting to develop now. He's not a youngster. He's uh, in, in the eyes of, of football fans nowadays, because youngsters are generally like mm. 17, 18 years old. This guy's, what, 22, 23 years old. So it's taken maybe a, a little bit longer. But then again, you know, people develop in different ways and the football brain also does. But in terms of who has impressed me, it would be a player who we've already had and we've had for an awful long time who maybe is actually slightly younger than people actually think he is and that's Wilfred Ndidi who has not only by his absence proved that he is a linchpin in midfield but also this 22 year old he is in my opinion one of the best defensive midfielders in the Premier League which thus means in Europe he's not only gives the ability to other players around him like Tillemans and like say Madison to have the freedom to go forward but it's his calmness on the ball, his clean tackling, very rarely gives away fouls, uh, free kicks, or, or even gets booked or anything worse than that. Very, very rare. A bit like N'Golo Kante in a way, in terms of being mm. a, a clean tackler. And also, no nonsense, give the ball off, but also in a forward-thinking mode. Someone like Hamza Chowdhury, who's a, a really exciting player, an excellent player over the next few years, but he, he would generally lay the ball off backwards or, or be a bit more safe, as you would imagine for his age. But Wilf now has developed the ability to not only do what he does best, but also then start attacks. Um, and at the moment, he, in many people's eyes, would be probably the player of the season, even though we've got the Premier League top scorer up front. Is is now obviously you know you're out of the Carabao Cup. Is it basically just top four now, or are you are you looking beyond that? Are you looking well? We want to finish third, or we want to even finish second. I mean, only two points away from from Manchester City, or would you just take Champions League football now, regardless of of where you finish? It's regardless this season. If you finish fourth or second, it doesn't matter because fourth you don't have to qualify then for the Champions League with one round, say, before the start of next season, you go straight in. And also, Leicester will be a pot-four team anyway. So if we finish second or fourth, it actually doesn't make any difference whatsoever in terms of qualification. Now, in the semi-final against Villa, the away leg taking a lot to Villa Park, all the songs 
weren't about Wembley. I think there was one. Um, mm. It was all about Champions League, all about European Tour. As you guys know, that's what fans want. Fans want that. And if you've been in the Champions League and fingers crossed Wolves do it in the next few years, then you, you just want to go back and back and back. And all the stories that are talked about amongst Leicester fans, yes, it's about the league win, but also about what happened the year after going around Europe and being in the quarterfinals. It, it was a, an incredible run. And we just want that back. So, the season aim is fourth place. We are at home in the FA Cup with a really good tie against Birmingham at home. So a, a chance to go further in that, and that will be a competition that we'll take very seriously. But it's all about fourth. You mentioned the gap to Chelsea. The gap everyone's looking at at Leicester is the gap to fifth. Now, who fifth is, it always changes at the moment. Sheffield United, yourselves, maybe Manchester United, Tottenham, etc. But uh, that's the real gap. And at the moment, that's it's what, 12 points, and that's what we're all looking at. Um and, and of course, you haven't mentioned the, the possibly the biggest signing of your season, massive signing, and, and someone who who I think will, will turn around the fortunes is uh, is Ryan Bennett, who's uh, who's made his way uh, to to Leicester. It was slightly surprising, would you say um, that that move, or do you think it's um, it's smart from from Rogers? It's a smart move because we needed cover. Where's who they want apparently to keep for another year? He's been brilliant when he comes on. They want him to be there because he's still the captain of the football club. But away from that, Benkovic needs time. A young centre-half gone to Bristol City, who's played with Brendan at Celtic before. So in theory, we've got, apart from Wes Morgan, no real centre-half cover. Christian Fuchs can mm. come in and play maybe in a back three, which sometimes Brendan likes to play. So we need cover. He tried to get Vestergaard from Southampton, which would have been a sensible move because Schmeichel's played with him for years for the national side and he's a Premier League player. But... Looking around, right, we need cover for the next three or four months. You've got a guy who's played an awful lot of Premier League football last season. Uh, Brendan yep. knows him. He used to try to sign him when he was at uh, Swansea was the, the word. And, and you're getting a, a, a very competent, decent footballer who pretty much, by the looks of things, will move to Leicester or has moved to Leicester and is going to perform kind of the same role that's happened at Wolves. He's not really going to play unless there is an injury. But with, again plenty of football ahead of us it just seems like a, a safe comfortable signing now whether it's going to be made a permanent move in the summer I would have my doubts but uh, we'll yeah. see yeah and, and look like you said I mean he's done fantastic for Wolves and and he, he does exactly what he says on the tin you know you know exactly what you're going to get from him and uh, I think he'll be an asset and he, he'd be sorely, sorely missed at Wolves um what do you make of Wolves this season you know uh currently ninth of course, a win on on Friday night, and, and all of a sudden they go back to a point point off fifth, which is kind of where they've been in and around all season. Playing Europa League, they're playing Espanyol next week as well. Uh, hopes to get into into the last sixteen in that competition. Where where did you see do you see Wolves? Of course, Leicester are flying high at the moment, but do you see them kind of like similar kind of clubs and aspirations compared to the rest of the of the Premier League or the rest of the Premier League away from the, your, your perennial top four, top five teams? Oh, very similar, very similar in terms of where they will be looking to go and also in their progression. I think Leicester probably that year or two because of the, they're in the Premier League a year or two ahead of of Wolves, maybe three or four, but. A very attractive side to watch, but you look at Wolves and you see a lot of Leicester in there, really. Um, mm -hmm. A club who are fairly young at this level over the last couple of decades or so, but also that have got a an established setup behind the scenes, um, a very, very solid manager, and also kind of a routine, a, a, a set of um, of rules, the way that they purchase. I know it's slightly different in terms of the ownership and in, and everything at Wolves to Leicester, but... When you see teams in mid-table and the way that they buy players, the way they go about chopping and changing managers, you know that size like Leicester and Wolves, we are just one step ahead of it. And I think sure. the, the supporters at Wolves are on are very similar to Leicester, that they trust their manager, they trust the ownership. So when they buy in a player who we've never heard of, it doesn't matter because of the uh, success rate that they've got. But also... What are the expectations of the club? Well, Wolves will be to try and now break into the top four. You've had Europa League. You've got to look forward all the time, win a trophy as well. Obviously, at the start of the season, it was difficult because you were in Europa League, but you've proved now that without that, you would have been alongside probably Chelsea in the Premier League, maybe 
probably slightly just below Leicester because we had that amazing run of of form, winning what, sure. nine on the bounce, which made mm. that we've got this gap. But there's no reason to think that next season you can't go a step further and try and qualify. And there is now a real gap in the Premier League where you have these teams mid to lower table, the likes of Palace, Newcastle, etc. Um, Leicester and Wolves are, are now way beyond that. Yes, one or two teams like Arsenal and Spurs have slipped up this season. That's their own fault. But with us and with yourselves, you have to say that without, well, apart from anything going wrong seriously, we are now perennial kind of top six clubs and on a bit of a cycle, qualifying maybe for the Champions League or trying to, and then next season maybe dropping off because of Europe and then the season after going again. That's that's where we are at now, which is great. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more, people. What you said just there. Um, so so Valentine's night. It's uh, it's Wolves against Leicester City. The missus is delighted, and um, I'll be at the football. Um, how how do we expect Leicester to, to line up in this one? I think Leicester will be. Fairly attacking. I, I can't. I, I thought before uh, when I knew you were going to ask this that they might even revert to a back three. I don't think so. I think they'll go very similar to the team that they would normally put out, say, in a home match against a mid-table side. I, I don't think they'll take into account the way Wolves play because it kind of naturally, um, it, it naturally moves Leicester into their normal formation of having a bat four and Didi sitting and then alongside Didi would be for me the question. Uh, mm-hmm. In recent weeks and months since Dennis Pratt signed he's, he's been coming off the bench. He's a very uh, quick, active, combative midfielder who can pass the ball kind of your all-round midfielder and I would like him to be now playing in midfield which would then release Yuri Tillemans further forward. That would be the the question mark for me. If that happens it means that one of the front three would then be missing out. It's not going to be Vardy, it's not going to be Harvey Barnes, so it might be um, Iosi Perez, and that's where I think the decision will be. Pratt might come into midfield, Perez doesn't play. Um, it means that someone like Madison maybe moves slightly to the right and Tillemans a bit further forward. Just a bit more solidity than in that midfield, which you would expect a side to travel to Molyneux to have. Apart from that, I think it's going to be just a very similar Leicester side to what we've seen previously. We know how good they are on the counter-attack, one of the best counter-attacking sides in recent memory in the top flight of English football. With Vardy up front, you're always going to have that uh, that danger. And also Barnes now. But um, the one question with Vardy, he's, he's not been on form since the turn of the year. He snatched at a couple of chances. He did have an injury and in the recent game against Chelsea. He did look about 70% fit. So oh, the it's, break... the baby. It's, the, it's the baby, Pete. It's the baby's fault. Exactly. The nappy <laughs> factors worked against him. and it's. Uh, but, but I think this two-week break has worked for Vardy and for Leicester. So I expect him to be razor sharp and, and back on, on fire as well. So I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. Leicester... They've started to concede one or two goals. They had an amazing defensive record. Um, at the back, Soyuncu and Evans have been absolutely exceptional. They, I think they've got two of the best fullbacks in the league behind maybe the pair at Liverpool in Chilwell, who has had his problems in recent weeks and months. Uh, and then you've got Ricardo, who's just an exceptional fullback. So I just think it's going to be a very open. Um, game. I don't think there's going to be any, any love lost between the two sides. It's normally quite a combative game, even though it's on uh, Valentine's Day. And I can see, hopefully, one thing, I hope that the weather doesn't ruin it. Hopefully it's not a real uh, a windy occasion. And hopefully it's, it just, it's a still night just for that one game. Because if so, I can see there being plenty of goals by, from two uh, very attractive teams. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's I think that's exactly what it could be. And uh, yeah, let's hope things calm down. It's a little bit windy today in Wolverhampton, but but hopefully, uh, hopefully, come come game time, it's all settled. So finally, Pete, can we have a prediction, please? It's Wolves against Leicester City at Molyneux. Well, my prediction: Storm Dennis is going to be <laughs> over the UK, and I think it's going to come early. I think it's going to be on Friday. Dennis Pratt in midfield. I can <laughs> see him maybe sliding a through ball for Vardy. I can see it being a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a five-goal thriller. 3-2 to the Foxes is my prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the other way around. Maybe it's the Wolves with a 3-2 win. But a lot of goals. Vardy back on the goal-scoring sheets. Uh, fingers crossed for a great game. And that both sides reach what they want to at the end of the season. As Champions League. Hey, fingers crossed. Wolves, you can win Europa League. Five-goal thriller. Uh, Pete. Absolutely superb. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, and hopefully have you, have you back very soon and good luck for the rest of the season. Yes, and to you. Go and win that European trophy. I'll be cheering you on. 
Thank you very much, Pete. Top man, it is Valentine's night. Yeah. It is. Leicester City against Wolves. How are you, what are you doing Valentine's daytime? Have you got to... Are you doing something with Sofa during the day? Or give her a card at least? Or nothing? You're not going to get um, anything? We had a... Uh, Pandora pendant or something? We were going to do an early Valentine's meal mm. on this Sunday just gone. But the, the storm... Yes. Kira, yes, Ciara, um, Ciara, mm. re- wreaking havoc. Um, we decided to just have a Domino's um, <laughs> instead. Okay. So that, that, that that's us all over really well, uh, I for mean... Valentine's. So I, I think yeah, maybe get maybe maybe get a card, but um, I think she might be at work on Friday anyway. So oh, fair I mean Domino's. I mean we're we're doing exactly the same. Uh, <laughs> 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 so uh, obviously, obviously, Friday night is the main love of my life. So I've got to go and, uh, and cover the game. Yes. Uh, so we're doing lunch. We're doing lunch. Uh, we're going to the Oyster Club, a bit like Domino's. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Oyster Club. Uh, I'm going to have some some champagne and some 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 beautiful oysters, shucked oysters for us um, in Birmingham. Uh, a little champagne glass or two, and then we've got two escape rooms booked. You love an escape room. I love an escape room, me, <laughs> mate. I love an escape room. room. But we, I, I prefer it when there's only two of us in there because I feel like if you get four people of... Some people who don't know what an escape room is, basically, you're in teams of between two and six different themed rooms. They're all over the country now. They're all over the world now. You get you get locked in this room for an hour and basically you've got to escape from it. So there's different clues you've got to get together, um, different themes, uh, there's codes you've got to get, keys everywhere, all hidden, maybe some secret rooms, and you've got to complete this challenge within within 60 minutes with a few clues that you can call out and trying to get a little bit of help on if you're struggling. And, uh, yeah, the adrenaline, it's, it's a great, it's great, great game. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think when you've got more than four people in there then people are doing different things and you kind of lose the lose the track of what you're doing so Alana's very good at an escape room um, so we're just going to do two of them and see if we can get out so we're doing um, Elevator oh yeah the Elevator and Toot Clue Moon which I feel has got an Egyptian Egyptian feel uh, to well, it maybe you know, so. yeah you know, so. just a chance yeah 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 so, so, so that should be interesting but yeah like I say the main event is on the evening uh, can't wait to spend my Valentine's with you Mr Joe yes. Edwards um, how are you assessing the game I mean I can't wait Friday night under lights um, I've got a great feeling that this could be this could be one of, one of the nights of the season I hope so I mean everything's always set up for it it's now, two teams that have had a little bit of a, not a blip as of late, but the results haven't been quite as good as they were. So they're, they're both wanting a win. Magic has happened under the lights many times before. Yes, it now. has, baby. Um, and Wolves v Leicester has been, you know, historically a fixture that has produced goals and many of them. So hopefully it uh, follows that kind of similar ilk and Wolves do, do come out on top. Um uh, again, it's 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 similar to that United game, and I said that if you beat United, you're making a statement as to where you can finish. Um, didn't didn't get the win, got got a you know a pretty respectable point. I think the same applies to this. You know, if you, if, if you're beating Leicester on on your own patch, I mean, obviously drew nil nil with Leicester on the opening day. You know, four points from two games against them, I think would be ve- would be very good work. And if they could beat Leicester, I think what is it at the moment? I think there's six points off. Fourth. Mm-hmm. I mean that gap is, you know, from a few weeks ago where we thought, nah, it's probably out of reach now. But Chelsea have kind of kept losing, kept conceding goals. Leicester aren't firing at the rate that they once were. I think they should be okay in terms of a top four finish, but still, yeah, it, it's not it's not out of the realm. I mean, Nuno and the lads will be obviously, you know, day by day, never looking at the table, and that is genuine, by the way. They, they never do. <laughs> No, <laughs> you know somebody will be getting a fine if they look at the table. But um, don't you dare! <laughs> but um, it is achievable, and uh, if Wolves can get this, as I say, it, it would be a statement victory. Um, look, I mean, obviously they haven't played. Sheffield United keep on doing doing the business. Oh, gone to fifth that, now. It's ridiculous. I still don't think that they will finish fifth or sixth. And I still expect <laughs> Wolves to finish ahead of them. I really do. Although that game at Sheffield United is looking increasingly yeah. uh, like like a crunch game for for potential European football. Oh, Astonishing. Um, I feel the need to win this game just to get mm. back in that hunt. I know that they're right in the hunt. I know that three points and the elevates them. I think to sixth in the table. Yeah. Uh, just be our point behind Sheffield United, but I do get the feeling that they need to win this game, and I think that they, I think that they do win this game. 
Yeah, they got that building block last time out of Man United, getting that clean sheet, the first one since early December. So it was a ve- it was a much more tight performance at the back. I mean, obviously Woody Bolly coming back mm. <laughs> helps in that regard. But you want to be you want to be firing up front as well, and Raúl Jiménez will be you know looking to to get back on the goals. I think in terms of a, a break, I don't, I don't think perhaps anybody will have benefited more. Maybe Matt Doherty, to be fair, who, who had gone through a bit of a bleep and and looked very leggy over the past few weeks but um, Jimenez a week off will have done him well and um, you know a sharp Jimenez with Jota as we say needing to impress Traoré should be fit enough or if not you've got Podence you know you've got Neto who's been chomping at the bit so the attacking options are there mm-hmm. the defensive options are back it, it, it bodes well. You just go back it up there. Yeah, it does bode well. And look, they've, 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 they've been away, they've come back, they're refreshed, they're revigor- reinvigorated, they're good to go. Um, I mean, I expect Trevor to play. If, yeah, if, yeah, let's yeah. say Trevor is available. Um, would you expect it to be similar to the team that played Manchester United, the 0-0? I think it would be the exact the, same the, team. The team, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, another one that you look at, Leander Dendonka will probably feel a bit hard done by, but... I think that he, 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 that was the strongest eleven. Um, I think Romain Tais has deserved to keep his place on the on the left of the back three. I think when you consider the run of games without Bolly as a whole, I think Saif was the more solid of him and Dendonka. I think Dendonka's still looking a bit more of a midfielder who, who does sometimes f- not do the defensive duties that he's supposed to do. Yeah. He, he did very well on the whole. But um, yeah, Romain Tais at, at the back and... Uh, yeah, hopefully Doherty, as we say, looks refreshed after this break because um, that was one of games. He he weren't weren't himself at all, and he that kind of turn of pace to get to to be on the overlap for for Traore just wasn't there for for, mm-hmm. for one reason or another. So um, fingers crossed, he, he'll have benefited from that break and returns to the Doherty of old as well. I mean, I hope he does pick Jotty. You think he picked Jotty again? Do you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so it is. It is Leicester City against Wolverhampton Wanderers at Molyneux. I'll go first. I'm going to say it's a cracky night. It's Wolverhampton Wanderers 2. It's Leicester City nil. Ooh, a, a clean sheet would be lovely. I just think, as we've seen, these games tend to be both teams score. So I'll go 2-1 Wolves. 2-1 Wolves, OK. Yeah. I would love it. Love it. That'd be fantastic. Um Thank you very much, Joe. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, would, no one won the uh, the Spurs executive tickets, by the way. No. So I'm doing it again. I'm yeah. doing it because we want to give these tickets away. So make sure you retweet this podcast. You will be entered in. We will let you know on the eve of Friday. We're going to come up with a couple of uh, a couple of little um, bets for you in the meantime. But yes. just make sure you retweet it and you'll be in with a chance of winning. We'll let you know um, how you'll win um, when you are the lucky, when we choose you. Um, also, if you want to get an extra three entrants in, entries into this competition... Leave us a review on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Leave us a review on iTunes. I'll be going to iTunes if you've left Five some reviews, star, if you haven't done it. Baby. Or one star, depending on if you don't <laughs> like it. But hopefully it's, hopefully it's towards four or five. Um, let us know and we'll give, you, we'll give you three extra entries if you leave us a review on iTunes. From myself, from Mr. Joe Edwards, our next, our next podcast will be late. Late, late one. Hopefully after an Espanol victory next Thursday night. Back in Europa League action. But fingers crossed three points on Friday night. Have a happy Valentine's Day from me, from Joe. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.